Well, everybody, welcome back to Mars on Life. As always, I'm your host, Ryan Mancini. Joined with me, as always, Sebastian Shug in the flesh. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, sort of, honestly. <laughs> and we, uh, you know, we've had a few guests on the show thus far. Um, we are back again with yet another guest. Guest, please introduce yourself. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, y'all. I am Janice. Um, I don't know what else. I guess I'll, I'm Janice. I am the host of an Instagram show called The Jump Off. I am also a co-founder, director, writer, producer, everything with that um, at a production company called Broke Energy with my friend Bree. Wow. <laughs> Rolling out the red carpet and you already have a ton of hats to wear. <laughs> well, you know, got to be fashionable. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Just welcome to the show. Um, you were definitely somebody that we talked about when we started the show. You were somebody that I brought up to Sebastian to have on. Um, oh, you wow. and I have worked together in the past, recent past. So uh, mm. that's how we crossed paths. And uh, now you're here. So, um, yeah, I guess kind of before before we kind of get deep into the interview, I guess, have you been with everything going on, uh, all the crazy stuff in the world, uh, Bleach not included, of course? <laughs> um, ooh, I will throw out there, this is my first official interview. So thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. You're very um, welcome. <laughs> so who... The COVID, the Corona, the Rona. Um, hmm, let's see. So I kind of have, I don't want to say mixed feelings. I do have a kind of a jaded view on it because I did um, fall to the Rona or Corona. Mm-hmm. So um, I did test positive for it in, that uh, was like the middle of March. Um, before that, though, when people were saying that it was like the flu, I think in some aspects, yes, in the sense of when flu season comes around, everybody does kind of have their guard up about, you know, I don't want to catch the flu, like don't cough on me. So I think that kind of mindset was right where we should, you know, take precautions. But when you actually get it, because I did have the symptoms, it is not like the flu at all. I had the flu for the first time last year. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. never had a flu vaccine or anything like that. So I had it, I worked with kids. So I got that. And this one to me is completely different because it's obviously, like they said, more respiratory, but it, it really just like that shortness of breath and that like pain in your chest is, is serious. Like I would, mm-hmm. so I was with my parents and they were taking care of me and I would get up they kind of sectioned off parts of the house that I could and couldn't go into. So I was kind of isolated to a chair. Mm-hmm. Um, and so getting up from the chair, just going into the bathroom that I was set to use, like I would get winded with that. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is terrible. So it, and even sleeping at night, like with the flu, you know, you have to kind of sleep with your mouth open cause you have a stuffy nose. But with this one, like, you can't lay on your chest because that would be painful. And then laying on your back, like you get a pain and and kind of like, you know, when you take a deep breath, it's like a sharp pain. So if you lay on your back, like that hurts. So then you try and lay on your side. So it was definitely, um, it hit deeper and hit a little harder. So mm-hmm. I, I think people, and I know y'all said on your last um, episode that people are a, you know, probably won't be hit that hard with it. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting to me. Someone that I went to high school with did pass away from it. Oh wow! And yeah, and I'm not not to say that I'm not healthy, but you know, I'm not I'm not <laughs> eating my vegetables every day. No, no, yeah, <laughs> of course, okay. Um, but uh, that person, you know, was somebody that played sports and was super active. So it is really interesting to me that how it affects different people I didn't have to go to the hospital thank goodness um but it really that that care of washing your hands and just being careful is very important like I was Mm -hmm. with my parents who were both older and we were in the same house for like two and a half weeks and they didn't get it 
but my mom, she had the bleach everywhere, but they were washing their hands constantly. So if you take the precautions, like you should be good, but mm-hmm. then, you know, you can't be out here. I was willy nilly out here, but you know, right. so. you had, uh, something going on, uh, kind of the week that all of this sort of got started. It, it was some kind of a red carpet kind oh, yeah. of an event. Um, I, I know we're kind of jumping ahead a bit, but I guess tell me a little bit about that event because I remember seeing it on social media, but I, I wanted to ask, but I was also asking work-related questions about, uh, hey, are the jobs fine um, in the right. middle of all that going on? So I, I didn't get to ask you about that at that time. Yeah, so I was in a short film and we had a screening at Sunset and Goward, which was so cool. Um, and this, the screening actually had to get cut in half because they started implementing the um, the gatherings couldn't be over a certain amount of people. So it kind of downsized to that. But it was just a, sh- a, little, a short film that I was in. Um, that actually just yesterday got picked up by a um, um, a film festival. And I don't know the name. I'm so sorry. But um, so we had like a slight red carpet kind of event because it was raining outside. But after it, I went to celebrate with my friends. And I think that's where I possibly caught the virus because so – we're out in Hollywood. This is the night before that they shut down everything and said bars and clubs mm. were closed. And so it was kind of a desert, you know, like a desert town. And we were just out at Trejo's Tacos and just went around. And then this girl, one of my friends, she's kind of drunk and she's talking to us. And she like comes up, puts her arm around me and she's talking to me. And in the middle of her talking to me, she like spits and a droplet lands on my lip. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is the end. This is this is literally the end of of it for me. And sure enough, I don't know if that's exactly what it was, but I was like, oh my gosh. There's a there's a specific meme that maybe it's in bad taste. I don't know, but it just had me dying. Uh, No pun intended. Uh, (laughs) There was this girl who was speaking into the microphone of this of this guy, just like out in Hollywood or whatever. And her voice was really raspy, and she was like, oh, I actually have the coronavirus. You know, she wasn't wearing a mask or anything, and the guy's just looking at her. And then she says, so just wipe the mic off when you're done. And then it just cuts to that coffin meme of the four guys holding up the coffin and dancing. Oh, I, I don't know. It, it was yeah. It was hilarious in context, but... Uh, yeah. It, like, it's because I guess with myself... I have not come into contact, thankfully, with anyone yet who has had it. Mm. And plus I guess you're an essential worker. Well, plus I'm an essential worker, but I'm oh. in I'm in the back working on machinery all day. Um, I guess okay. sort of to just I don't want to say dispel the rumor because curiosity now has me. What is I know you said what it's like, but in terms of getting over it, how would you mm-hmm. say that process is? Because I'm, I'm just genuinely curious here. Um, so, Is it just a matter of medicine or uh, just having your body work its magic? <laughs> you know. See, I I am one to not really take medicine because it's just not my thing. Okay. So I rode that wave. I think I took... I had a headache at one point and I get really bad migraines. So I took something one of the days, but for the rest, I just Mm -hmm. wrote it out myself. Um, I generally don't get sick. So I feel like it, it, when it hit me, it did hit me, but I, I say I was like actually really sick. Maybe I would, I would say maybe five days, maybe six where it was like, I was just like in the bed all day. Mm -hmm. Um, I did have all of the symptoms, like the runny nose, the cough, the sneezing, uh, everything, the fever. And it really, I would say the first maybe three days were the worst, where, like, I was just done. But then getting better, I, water is, like, if I'm sick, 
drinking water is like something that I is a must for me, but then I also mm-hmm. can't just lay in the bed. Right. I, like yeah. I feel like that makes me sicker. Yeah, because you don't want to like stew in your own sickness and everything. Mm-hmm. I, like it's kind of a double edged sword. You can't go out, but you yeah you don't you don't want to stay in yeah. Yeah. So not that I was like you know walking in con you know in contact with people but like I would get up and go sit in my designated chair and watch tv or like halfway watch tv but then at least kind of like read or keep myself like not that I was out here reading books after books because it like I would get dizzy but just not Mm -hmm. laying down so uh, I would say like towards the fifth or sixth day I was feeling uh, pretty good but I for me to get over stuff I do have to get up so I was like walking around the parts of my parents house that they allowed me to walk around and just kind of like getting back to normal but it I yeah medicine just isn't for me but if I had to say to take medicine I don't even know if that would have I know like I know like Advil was off the market because it like enhanced the symptoms you know I mean that's just something that I and everyone was kind of in a tiff, like, oh, take Tylenol, even though mm-hmm. Tylenol is just, you know, the same adverse effects. So, um, but I, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I could just go yeah. off, but off of what Big Brother tells me on, on the news. No, yeah, they when they called me and uh, told me the diagnosis and like what to do, and what not to do. Um, they, and that. OK, I want to dispel this as well. Mm-hmm. because so I got tested so I'm from St. Louis Missouri so I got tested in Missouri and I don't know how they do it in California because I know that's where y'all are from they actually but, do the 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 swab up the nose so they stick it up your nasal cavity um I believe I believe they and, still do it this way see um, I got tested mm-hmm. by a throat swab okay so and I think that's part of what is causing a lot of like panic with people because you see those horrific images of people like the with that long Q-tip up there. Yeah, up, it, like, it oh. looks like yeah. it looks like a uh, what is it like an 18th century lobotomy mm-hmm. where, they stick it, where they stick it through your eye, you know. <laughs> but yeah, <Okay>. anyway. <laughs> well, it's it's like a it's like a six inch long Q-tip, you know. Um, and I know that. Uh, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Kyle, he took it. Um, mm. He had gotten the the swab up, up his nose. And I know that there, there's an alternative uh, method of testing. Mind you, there's only one method of testing that's FDA approved. But so there's some places where you can get tests and it may not be an adequate uh, coronavirus test. Um, but well, I know was- that the other... The well, other test you can one, also get is to detect uh, antibodies as well, where it's just a prick of the finger. Well, there was one that peop- that doctors mm. were just, uh, they were lining up cars in a drive-thru and just scanning their forehead for a fever. I'm like, what? it's like, what the hell is that supposed to tell me? <laughs> Other than, oh, I'm hot. <laughs> well, I, I, I know, you know that some of that is, you know, well, and that's just it. I, I've seen some footage of that in regards to you know, venues that are reopening, i.e. restaurants or whatever else it may be. But, but anyway, you were, you were talking about uh, the testing here versus in St. I'm Louis. I'm sorry, yeah. I, I didn't mean to go on a tangent. <laughs> oh, no. It's, it's interesting to me because, like, with the scanning of the forehead, you know, for a fever, I didn't have a fever the first, like, few days when I was in the thick of it. So okay. when I called... Because I had, because the job that I was at, um, they, it was um, like a customer service, non-essential job. So they shut it down. So Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, let me just, you know, go home with my family. So when I got here, they, you had to call a number and they asked you, you know, a couple of symptoms. And it was like, do you have a fever? Do you have this cough? And so I had all those things. And at first they were like, Oh no, you know, like just stay home. You'll, you know, you'll get over it. Then they asked, had I traveled? And I said, I had come from uh, California from LA. So then they're like, okay, we got to get you tested now. Mm -hmm. So I like, of course there are more people, way more people than we know that have it than, you know, have been tested, but the fever was like the main indicator that they were focusing on when I would talk to the doctors 
And at first I'm like, you could have all these symptoms, you could have it and not have a fever. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I'm kind of like the, you should be focused a little bit more on that cough because Mm -hmm. the, the lungs are what, and after the fact, so um, I think I recovered pretty quickly, but after the fact, I will say that there are lasting, at least for me, my mom, she said she read an article that once you have it, you lose maybe like 20% of your lung function, which I'm like, okay, that sounds like, uh, that's a little bit much for me. Yikes. But, <laughs> but um, I do. So again, I'm not out here, as, you know, as a health expert exercising like I should be, but um, I was doing a, like an at-home kind of video workout that I've always done kickboxing and would make it through. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was struggling, but I would make it through. But the once I did it after having all of this, like 10 minutes in, I was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> this is it's, it's too much. So there are times where I'll like catch that kind of like stabbing pain in my chest. And I'm like, oh, man, this is this is not it. So I can see the lasting effects of it, but that to me, that's the only thing that I can see, but I could see if people really weren't taking care of themselves and really aren't taking this seriously, how it could like creep up and get you like in a bad way. So Mm -hmm. tell people, you know, stay at home if you know, if you don't. And okay. And then here's another thing. Mm -hmm. So I love going to the grocery store (laughs) real quick. Um, I was like, here we go. (laughs) You know, the sigh (laughs) real quick before all of this, going to the grocery store was like my self care. So I only go now if I have to, but it blows my mind that people are still out here without masks or any type of protection. Mm hmm. Like, and so I was in Ralph's, this was like two weeks ago, minding my good business, standing in the aisle, looking for whatever. And this guy comes up and, you know, I'm like, all right, he's like about three feet, not six, but three feet away from me. But all right, I'll let it slide. And he gets to coughing and it's like, not there's, it's not an elbow cough. It's not even like a hand cough. It's just like out in the open. And this lady at the other end of the aisle she looks at me, I look at her, like you could, the panic in our eyes. And I'm like trying to, you know, swerve my way away. And he is just like cough. And there was a worker that came and said, excuse me, you know, due to this, you know, do you have a protective covering? If not, we may have to ask you to leave. And he like put up this whole fight. And I'm like, oh, no, mm. this yeah. is, that's, yeah. that, that, that's just about how it goes. Cause it's like, you know, they feel entitled as a customer. Well, we're helping business. And it's yeah. like, you know, masks you can make one exactly yeah so Mm -hmm. i i feel no sympathy um turning people actually i feel no uh, remorse turning people away when it comes when it comes to that because it's like you know yeah so that and i just yeah and i get the whole you know you don't want to live in fear to to some extent i get that but the amount of people that I've seen with no, t- they're, they're just like, part, I, so I live in a kind of a newer building and mm-hmm. people, I heard three doors down, they were having a party and I'm like, it's got to be at least like oh, seven God. people in there. And Jeez. and our rooms are pretty small. So I'm like, should I call the, I was going to be petty and be like, oh my gosh, there's a disturbance. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like 10 people. <laughs> I didn't, but, but yeah, that, that I'm just like, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, they're really cracking down on people. I know they're especially doing this in the UK, um, Mm -hmm. but they had a sort of a, uh, a time where like snitching on your neighbors was just a thing, you know? And Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if whether or not I was like in support of that due to health concerns or due to, uh, you know, hell even political reasons but needless to say i laugh at everything it's just kind of who i am as a person and i just looked at that and i'm like you know they're taking precautionary measures and i'm sure the people just want to be safe but more so they're just having fun with it and i can respect that so you know to a certain extent and and this wasn't like a crowd of you know seven people this was like a gathering of 50 plus okay so 
you know, people in the park, people at the beach, um, not to throw anyone under the bus or anything. I actually knew someone who went to the beach a few days ago, a few nights ago. Mm. They, they were just like, okay, I'm going to go to the beach now. I'm like, it's 11. <laughs> <laughs> so were, were they wearing a, a sports jacket with anchors on it? And they were walking around saying, uh, Amity, as you know, means friendship. Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. Are, we, are we over like, that, Ryan? This was an episode ago. <laughs> oh, hey. You know what? I, I've I've been bringing that up with people, and I've had a, a variety of responses. Um, but yeah, you know, hearing about hearing stories about um, people going out or people trying to find some way to kind of, you know, it's like an obstacle course. I mean, there's people that are just staying home and they're getting their groceries delivered to their home um there's there's a somebody i know from uh brazil that's what her and her daughters are doing they're just having groceries dropped off on their doorstep um my folks will go out and they're they're still getting groceries but you know they're wearing masks they're washing their hands constantly um but you know it's scary too when you know, you hear reports about uh, gatherings and, and people wanting to get together. And, you know, I was just having this conversation with uh, one of my neighbors outside about how, you know, oh, well, people just have to figure it out for themselves. And it's like, no, why would you trust people? <laughs> why would you trust people in the middle of a national health, a global health crisis? You know, trusting people right about now is the last thing that I would want to do. And, and on top of that, um, uh, one of you mentioned the UK, uh, and, and Janice, you might find this interesting too. Uh, with in the UK, they're thinking about lifting some of their restrictions in regards mm-hmm. to filmmaking. So mm-hmm. that basically means like TV shows and films can continue uh, potentially continue filming. They just got to make sure they have all the safeguards in place uh, behind the camera. Of course, you know, the the irony is, is that if you're actors and you have to perform, and especially act, actors that may have to, like, kiss each other, you know, it, it's kind of like you got to make sure that they're tested and that they're, you know, you got to make sure Robert Pattinson is not going to potentially pass COVID <laughs> to uh, Zoe Kravitz while they're filming The Batman, um, which is one of the movies that, can greatly benefit from pulling back some of those restrictions um even though the british prime minister kind of surprised everyone basically saying yeah we're not getting back to normal anytime soon (laughs) um (laughs) yeah Hmm. it's so i well i guess uh kind of circling that back um you mentioned that you were originally from uh st louis i guess what ended up what what was kind of your trajectory in terms of becoming an artist and and moving out to LA Oh good segue <laughs> um, good segue y- y'all are good with those segues on here um well growing up in St. Louis if you've never been it is an interesting city it's small enough to be like to have a small town feel but big enough that it is on the map um Mm -hmm. people know about it for the bad reasons but they know about it Um, how are the ribs okay (laughs) that's a good reason yes (laughs) is that what you just said how are the ribs we're in a global pandemic miss fancini hey i i used to work at a restaurant that sold st louis ribs and i once had a guy say those don't look like st louis ribs and i was like Oh, well, then hey, you know, man. Hey, <laughs> man. I've been to Hawaii. I've been to New York. I've been to Nevada. I'm sorry I haven't been to St. Louis yet. What can I say? Um, it's a anyway, go on. Place, but yeah. the, ribs, the ribs are, yes, that it is one of the reasons to come here. Okay. Um, that and to pick the ribs up and keep on moving. But <laughs> I, I mean, I love St. Louis because, you know, it made me who I am. But being here, it there are a lot of close-minded people here, and it's really mm-hmm. it is a conservative. St. Louis is it's kind of more 
liberal, but this is a very conservative place to be. And so I grew up in a place where it's kind of clear cut, like you do something that's going to make you some good money so you can have a really nice house. You can maintain that trajectory in life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a great dream and all, but people around here like lawyers and doctors and those things are amazing. But my mind just didn't grasp science and math like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, the creative side really drew me in, but there's not much of that around here. Now it's Mm -hmm. better. But back in the day, I went to a performing arts elementary school and the style of learning was so different. There were no desks. We had um, dance class, like to learn, you would learn through dance or learn through song. So it was really different and unique. And that having that as an elementary school student really shaped how I saw the world. And so then being switching school districts into a place that didn't kind of foster that kind of learning, it was really hard to uh, just find myself. So I always had this dream of like moving to California because it's just so beautiful there. And I just always loved it. So mm-hmm. I went to school here because my parents were like, you got to get a real job. You got to get a real degree. So I went to St. Louis University, got a degree in communication with a minor in marketing so I could get a job. And so did the marketing thing, but then really wasn't fulfilled. So I auditioned for some schools. I moved out to L.A. to go to the American Musical and Dramatic Academy, AMDA. And so that's in Hollywood. And I really just felt like I belonged. But then I went for acting. In my second semester, there was a lot of mess that happened with the school and the program. And so I had to transfer to New York. And I am not one. I initially did not want to go to New York, but I'm thankful that I did. I actually miss it out there. But being out there it really showed me that I really do want to be in the arts because in it's a different world in New York, but out there, everybody has something that they're doing and there's like an endless just possibilities of things that you can do. The way people hustle out there, like I know a guy, he was like, yeah, I wanted to be a rapper, but that didn't pan out. So I'm making children's songs for kids to learn to so they could learn their ABCs and their numbers. And he gets paid doing that. And I'm like, that huh? is the wow. biggest 180 I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is and, wild. But and it and you, so you can do those kind of things out there. So just being in New York, it really showed me that no matter what you have, you can Mm -hmm. turn it into something even if it doesn't like Mm -hmm. it's not the traditional way of making art of being like a painter or an actor or a singer if you can do something you can twist it into something else um and then i moved back to st louis to get some money and then i moved back to la and when i got back to la i kind of lost the passion a little bit Mm -hmm. but then working at the job that we met at Mm -hmm. um And I don't want to give them, I want to give them recognition, but I really don't, but whatever. But, um, it's two letters, you know, (laughs) just just say it's two letters, you know, Listen. you never know. It could be three. Ah, Ah. Mm -hmm. okay. Okay. Be three. Yeah. I guess into the, yeah. God, we are, we are horrible (laughs) at hindsight, honestly. (laughs) I mean, I'm, Uh, I'm genuinely just pointing a finger at, at, uh, a company that, I have had no relation with ever in my life. So uh, I'm just throwing that monkey wrench just to like further confuse <laughs> our listeners. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, so being, being at that studio, um, it really, you know, I feel like sometimes you are taken to, now I don't know if y'all are spiritual or religious or whatever. Um, but for me, sometimes I feel like the good Lord will, take you to a situation and it might not be the way that you think it's going to be but it's there's like a motivator so mm-hmm. being working at a studio really like set that fire for me so that's like my long-winded sorry answer <laughs> oh no please don't apologize this is your episode <laughs> you know. stop it <laughs> And and we're we're only now at the half hour mark. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. No. That that's amazing. And I I guess 
when it comes to kind of kind of settling in Los Angeles and getting to interact with other actors and other people that, you know, they may be fighting for the same kinds of jobs that, you know, you had been looking at or, you know, you may have kind of built kind of some, I don't know, some sort of coalition with other actors and creatives that you've met along the way. I guess what I, I, I take it those two processes have been pretty split from each other. They've been pretty different in terms of, you know, kind of finding the right work with other people also trying to get said work, but then also collaborating and getting to build yourself within a a broader community of people. It's, it's an interesting world in LA. Mm -hmm. I think coming from the Midwest, I had this like, yeah, everybody's great and everybody's in everything for the right reasons. And Nobody will take advantage of you or anything like that. So <laughs> when I got out to LA, oh, I was like, what a world, <laughs> <laughs> man! I was like, yeah, give them a chance, give them a chance. They're not doing wrong. So you know, you would tell people about opportunities, or you would try and work with people, and you know, for yeah, things would just fall through, or people would take the opportunity and run with it for themselves. So I really did after having been in New York realized that you have to make your own opportunities but then also the people that you connect yourself with need to have the same type of mindset so Mm -hmm. in terms of following or not following finding work um I since I do have the marketing degree so when I was looking for work it was kind of like what can get me a step closer in the entertainment world because marketing really as an actor, it's all about how you market yourself and mm-hmm. how you position yourself because you're the product. So you have to, you know, mm-hmm. make yourself look, um, look, uh, what am I trying to say? Well, like, look, like look presentable, look yes. marketable, you know, look available, I guess. Yes. Yes. And, um, So in that, I was able to find some kind of side hustles that really led themselves to bigger opportunities. But then also in my back pocket, um, while I was here in St. Louis, I would teach. So Mm -hmm. as an actual job, um, I did find out in L.A. a few teaching gigs, which I love children and just helping them because here growing up, it was hard to find teachers that were open to letting you explore and, you know, be yourself. So Mm -hmm. I love being a teacher and just, you know, seeing kids and, you know, helping them realize their potential and what they want to do, not just the dreams and aspirations that their parents put on them, but that's another story. But (laughs) so that was my side hustle that I kind of had in my back pocket. And people are like, you know, how are you making all this money to survive out here? And I'm like, Oh, I'm teaching. And they're like, huh? So I'm like, yeah, you, yeah, you, you know, you can't be a one trick pony. You got to come with different. Um, and ironically, I was teaching math, which <laughs> ooh, we, it's not my strong suit oh. in hindsight. They, <laughs> they probably should have vetted me, but the kids learned what they needed to learn anyway. Um, but <laughs> in terms of working with actors and creating, mm-hmm. I've now adopted this kind of mentality of I'm going to step back. And people will really show you what's important to them by what they give their time to. Mm-hmm. So people that I keep in my camp are people that have consistently shown that if they want to make something happen or if they are about something, they make the time for it and then they put effort into it. So when I first got out here, a lot of people that I was in school with, they're like, oh, yeah, let's do this, do this. We, you know, had all these grand ideas, which were great. But like they say, I don't know who says this. I'm just going to say they because I don't know who to give the credit to. But like they say, the richest place is the graveyard because people have these ideas, but they never act on them. Mm -hmm. And so people would say all these things and then months would pass and it's like, hey, whatever happened to that? And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I didn't have time. And it's like, what do you mean you didn't have time? We we not working. So what are you, you know, like, (laughs) what are you you doing? (laughs) So. Now, the people that I work with are people that I know have consistently followed through on what they say, but then also people that come to me and are like, oh, hey, 
you want to do this you want to do that and they already come with something tangible that's like mm-hmm. I, I can see that they put in work and when I go to people I also wanted to hold myself to that same standard so if I pitch an idea I'm already coming with a script or you know some type of storyboard like okay this is what we're going to do or a shot list or you know something so that people can see that I'm serious about this too because I feel like in LA wasted time is like the killer of all Mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's like the death now and it's like you said especially during this time where I think creatives are really expanding their horizons of what you can really do behind a computer desk, because Mm. really, where else are you going to go to do your work? Building up this arsenal of talent that, you know, I think people would have never thought possible because they weren't in quarantine. You know, it really kind of it really kind of stimulates the imagination. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's something that even in terms of this of this very podcast, it's something that Sebastian and I have definitely have had to kind of work around. And, and obviously, you know, doing Skype calls was something we never really anticipated this early in our uh, progress with the show. But, you know, we were able to make it work. And even if anything from, you know, theater, uh, films art shows uh museum exhibits whatever they may be even though a lot of that is closed now it's just kind of about okay so how can we work around that and find an angle where we can talk about it and uh like you know we did that with the uh the oaxacan murals uh for that episode we talked about that and you know i had already seen them seen them in person but you know I think wasn't that our last kind of regular episode where it was you and me uh, recording at our undisclosed location, Sebastian? <laughs> uh, believe Which so. Might be closed a little bit longer than I anticipated. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, at least Und- until the end of Und- the year. Well, undisclosed. Well, Ooh. you know, still, still not disclosing this information. Uh, I, I may have to return there. Um, for oh. let us say uh, further advancement. I know we talked about this before the episode started, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's oh gonna my. be rema- it's gonna be remaining closed closed. I think up to August. No, I it's think. it's it's through the fall, and oh, as far as fall. I know, okay. it's basically through to December. So um, I, potentially, you and I might not, you know, unless we're able to go somewhere else. Uh, you know, that that might not be a viable location uh, in the future. Anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, and, I'll and on, details and send it out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, I'm pretty sure we I think we kind of gave it away in our uh, sort of intro episode on touchdowns and tangents. Um, so I might have just given people a way to kind of uh, fact check me, which is something that normally doesn't happen anyway. Um, oh, but look yeah, who's so we, high and mighty. We've, uh, <laughs> I know, I might have snitched ourselves. We might have just, I might have snitched oh, this podcast. Can't, um, can't be fact checked. You can okay. edit it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, but at the same time, we're, you know, we're still able to talk about things, and and you know, obviously, as much as coronavirus has shut everything down, you know, we've still been able to kind of find a way to find relevant news information and talk about it and plus you know spe- we, we can still kind of celebrate and find things to acknowledge or discuss on um i know next week uh without giving it away there's a kind of there's a film that's celebrating its 40th anniversary in which we will be going into detail on that next week uh with some help um God damn it. <laughs> Sebastian's not happy about it because it's a subject we've talked at length uh, about. You know, no, 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 <laughs> Literally no. That it's not that I'm not. Ha- it's not that I'm not happy. You know, I, I'm I'm excited. Uh, I'm ecstatic. It's just the fact that you know. Uh, I even said this in the episode when we did it. Oh God, what was this episode three? Yeah. Um, you know, you can only beat a dead horse uh, to its basic molecular structure. That there's no more horse. Okay. On on top of everything else that you've been working on and doing lately, um, I guess tell us a little bit. Uh, first off, 
you mentioned that you were the co-founder for Broke Energy. Tell me a little bit about about that. Ooh, okay, Broke Energy. So that is a entertainment production company that myself and Bree Maylee we created. We both met at work, and we both were going through some kind of like oh rough life things and we realized that we both like comedy so we wanted to create content that got people laughing in case or you know so people in my opinion people when they are laughing there's no space for sadness because you can't laugh and be sad at the same time like in that second of you laughing you're it's there's a little bit of happiness so to make people laugh is one of my like main missions in life because when you're laughing you're not sad and it could be just an escape for whatever at the moment but it's something of joy that is bringing people so we wanted to create content that was high quality funny Mm -hmm. sometimes we have some serious things in there but you don't have to break the bank to create those types of things so that's where the broke energy comes from Issa Rae who is amazing she said one time that, you know, you have to keep that broke energy. And what she meant was that the energy when you don't have the money to fund everything, you get really creative of how you create things. Mm-hmm. And so you might have to prop the camera up. You might not have a tripod. You might have to prop the camera up on some shoe boxes or lay on the ground to film this because you don't have a dolly or something or another. So we just are keeping that energy going because we both are broke. But... <laughs> Um, we're keeping that energy of staying create like you don't have to have all this money to be creative and make content you can make content as we've seen with like TikTok and um, Instagram and Mm -hmm. Facebook like you can create content on the whim with like zero dollars so that's that's where the broke energy comes from but we create sketches Um, I have my talk show the jump off off of that Brie mm-hmm. has her cooking show, which is Meatless Mondays. She's vegan, vegetarian um, on Instagram. We've created sketches. We do short kind of quick little Instagram videos. I, at one point, started rapping. So we did music <laughs> for, for a bit there. So we're just mm-hmm. really trying to explore. Oh, we got, we got to hear this. Oh, <laughs> see, you know what? <laughs> It's it's um it's not for the children listeners. So. Oh well, you're lucky. This isn't a for the children show. Sometimes. Oh well. Uh. It's, it's it, I I leave it entirely up to you. I'm I'm not gonna say honestly. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna ease you into uh into singing. So it's it's entirely up to you. I I will say because it has been some months and I low key have forgotten the lyrics. I know that's a terrible thing to do, but um, I made one song. It is on my IG. You can follow me at at I it's Janice and it's on there. It's a it's it was a parody more so to um, Meg The Stallion's Hot Girl Summer. It was that uh, girl. Fall. Oh okay. Yeah. Was, was that the recent? video where you mentioned finally getting your uh $1200 from the IRS or oh no this was this was uh back in like October oh okay okay yeah but because that one had me laughing like non-stop just saying um (laughs) (laughs) I listen finally got that check at first, I was like, I guess Donald forgot about me, but whatever. It would, wouldn't be the you first. Forgot time. about, forgot about me too. I was gonna say I still haven't received anything. I'm still jaded. Oh really? Mhm. Yeah. Oh, I don't see. think I'm getting anything. Type of truth, but uh, it is. See Donald. As the uh, as that one vine goes, it is what it is. Oh yeah. So. R.I.P. Because then, and then on top of that, I I know you um. Speaking of videos, there was an, a similar video uh, kind of around when all of this got started where you were deliberating buying sheets with the 1200 Oh. Um, now, was that also through Broke Energy, or was that something that you kind of just did on your own from home? Or that was something it, – it's – it was something I did on my own, but it was under the Broke Energy umbrella of our okay. sketch. 
just because Bree and I don't live together, so it was my own concoction. Mm-hmm. I will say on record, silk sheets are not the thing. <laughs> not. I don't. I don't. That's a certain type of person that that lives with silk sheets, and it uh, it ain't me. Anyway. Um, but yeah, whenever we create, cause she's created videos by herself, but we just mm-hmm. lump them into our, um, like our sketch umbrella. And we, when we create long form short, like we've created two short, um, kind of short films. One was it, the black chapter, like if it was with all black people, Mm-hmm. And then um, we did something about the cookout, the infamous cookout that for Black History Month. So those mm. things we do, those are our bigger productions, but we kind of split everything into separate categories. So even if we're not both in the same sketch, we still consider it a broke energy production. Gotcha. Okay. And then when it comes to the jump off, um, for listeners that may not be familiar with it, I guess uh, you had mentioned it was kind of like a talk show-ish. Yeah. So the jump off actually started before Broke Energy was a thing. So mm-hmm. the jump off is really, it's a talk show slash just outlet to discuss sometimes taboo topics or topics that people are just afraid to face And Mm -hmm. it's just a space where I give my opinion or something that maybe I'm struggling with in hopes that other people can voice how they've dealt with if they've gone through that situation or advice or if they're still dealing with it, how they're doing. It started from so I had I always wanted to be a talk show host like Oprah. Excuse me. Oprah is like I was like, man, I want to be the next Oprah when I grow up. Mm-hmm. And I always just wanted to have a talk show. And I had a acting teacher. He actually passed away last year, but he, before he passed away, he said, just do it. Like, why not just make your own talk show? And I'm like, oh no, you know, I don't have the equipment. I can't do this. And so he said, just take your phone. You do have all the equipment that you need. Just do it. So I just set the camera up and I was just like, you know what, let me just talk about whatever. And then it really kind of transformed into this healing kind of sense for me because at the time I was living by myself and so I talked to myself I'm not gonna lie so it was just a way for me to kind of like talk to myself but then include other people into the conversation so Mm -hmm. I talk about things from you know like depression to online dating um down to uh let's see the topic the other day was being in quarantine and about being productive and then Mm -hmm. feeling like you're not prepared for what's coming your way, being at work and feeling exhaust, like work exhaustion. Mm -hmm. So just a wide variety of topics that are relevant to my life or that somebody has come to me and said, Hey, can you make an episode about this? So it's just there as an outlet. And then it transformed into getting me out of my comfort zone and like taking people on the journey with me to face my fears, like that moment before you, like if you've ever been on a a diving board or like jumped off a boat and it's that moment Mm -hmm. of like, oh my God, like I'm a jump, like I'm about to jump, but then I don't want to jump. And it's just that split second of like, am I going to do it? Am I really going to do it? Is there some coral under the water? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you could always, you could always follow what Steve-O does and he does a a three, two, one go. And then he never backs down from that. So, you know, it's just a matter of like, Hey, you know, if you if you want to yeah. do it, get off your ass and do it, you know. And yeah, and that's that's really where the jump off is, and people have definitely have to come on, and people just come on and talk and share their opinions on things, and it's it's just mm-hmm. a fun time. I just I don't know. I I really like psychology, and so I think just talking to people and understanding where people are coming from and sharing my own opinion is really cool because you, it helps people understand how you view the, view the world. So, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of conflict comes from people not understanding where someone is coming from on the other side to get to their stance on the situation. No, this show sounds wonderful. And Definitely. you know, it, it, it's something that, you know, I, 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 
think I checked out that recent episode um, because I think you had posted it on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's the show is amazing. And I think that's just it is trying to have kind of that relatable voice, whether it's somebody that you know loosely or somebody that you're friends with, knowing that they have that kind of a platform that they can, you know, kind of address their, you know, base of friends and and colleagues and whatnot and kind of let them know sort of where they're coming from, where they're at with whatever situation they may be going through. And then having that opportunity to share that with other people that you know, it, it, it's definitely healthy. And, and you know, obviously mm-hmm. it's something that we've thus far done with this show. Um, and, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways it's a good it's a good method of thinking just because it's showing people what, you know, any kind of abstract community can look like, whether it's, you know, podcasting, uh, you know, a TV show that's on Instagram or YouTube. Yeah, I'm 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 just I'm so excited to see more. You know, you're 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 funny, you're insightful. And it's it's always something that I enjoy getting to check out uh, when I can. Um and I guess for the time, <laughs> uh, for the time being, at least, uh, are you working on any upcoming or future episodes, or are you kind of stand on pause for right now in terms of uh, the outbreak and all that wonderful jazz? I do have a few episodes in the bank that I had previously recorded because I actually wanted to make a a documentary kind of about finding mm-hmm. myself. So I have huh. a f- some few things in the, in the bank that I'm going to turn into episodes. So I have that. I also have another project. It's not jump off related, but I'm super, super excited about it. It is to me revolutionary for my world and mm-hmm. what I've been doing. So the jump off is still there. It's, it's, it's going to have a slight pause for this new project, but I promise this new project is going to be worth it. Fantastic. I'm holding you to that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I need it. (laughs) And, and, and remind me, are you still in St. Louis now or are you back in LA working on this stuff? I am in St. Louis at the moment, but I will be going back to Los Angeles now. I will say I I know y'all shouldn't be flying on the plane. I know, I know, I know. Um, just had to put that out there. But I am gonna come back. Just um, you know, in light of everything, I did mm-hmm. lose my job at the the studio or get laid off because you know nobody's going to take a go to this. T- okay. Anyway, <laughs> so um, I am just trying to figure out you know, if I need to come back home or stay out there. So it is, you know, when you're not from LA, it's, it's a whole nother world and stuff like this happens. Yeah. But I am not going to let that stand in my way because the idea that I have is, I just, I'm so proud of myself, but I don't want to give anything away. But if I can mm-hmm. pull this off, this is going to be like legendary in my world. Ooh. Oh, wow. Well, you definitely know. You, you can rest assured that we'll we'll be sharing it, kind of just because we're getting close to the end here. Uh, kind of looking ahead, what's I don't know. I guess what's kind of on your mind in terms of everything going on and and I don't know things kind of going back to the way they were, or at least resembling some kind of everyday life. I guess what's kind of your outlook or anticipation um i i feel like i have an unpopular opinion i think the quarantine was needed or i guess is still since we still on lockdown um well Mm -hmm. missouri actually isn't but in la but i think it was needed because i think everybody needed to hit pause for a second i think we were all doing a lot and i think in this time it's really allowing people to like you said explore facets of them that they had never explored before I also think that's why a lot of people are fed up with it because people haven't sat with themselves with Mm -hmm. just themselves 
But I think through that exploring, there's going to be a lot of cool opportunities that come out of this. So I think, of course, everything's not going to go back to normal, especially in the entertainment world. But I think there's going to be a lot of cool opportunities for new content and like a, a new way to create things that will, of course, have hiccups when we first get out of this. But I'm excited to see we because we you know, when you think about it, we wouldn't have thought that you could, you know, make the. Um, the Jimmy Fallon show at home, but here we are, you know, Mm -hmm. doing these types of things. So when you're put in a situation like this, you are able to find ways to do things that you didn't think of before. So I think those things will still carry forth when we go into this new normal. But I do think that there will be some opportunities for content that would have never seen the light of day in a broad spectrum to hit Mm -hmm for these, you know, new streaming services, because, you know, everybody has a streaming service now. And all of the, you know, TikTok is a thing now, too. So I think that when we get back to normal, people will come with a fresher mindset. And I think that in terms of creating content and the entertainment world, there will be a lot more opportunities and people will be more open and accepting to hear things that might have not normally been produced or created in their Mm. you know network or their studio hopefully that's my hope so uh sebastian if you have any question any other questions you want to ask janice before we let her go uh i'm i'm sold (laughs) honestly um (laughs) other than you know obviously uh you know, wishing you well, wishing you safety um, in that part of the country, you know, I, I think I can really do nothing more but just, you know, sing your praises. And you, you got a lot on your plate as of now. And I feel that it's it's necessary. It really is due to the uncertainty of what's, what's going on out there in the world. So, you know, it's nice as creatives to keep your plate full to you know stay hungry stay hustling there's a train passing by thank you industrial revolution oh <laughs> Sorry, I, can I, I, barely, I, I can i can okay. just barely hear that too yeah, that's that's it's, creepy it's rolling so <laughs> but um but no it, it's just it's amazing to see yet another person who's who's making the best of what's been given to them you know I just want to thank y'all so much because this is so cool that the the podcast world to me is just one that I'm just like standing with my mouth wide open in awe like mm-hmm. wow like to be able to hold because I was listening to some of y'all's episodes and I was like wow that was an hour what but to be able to entertain somebody <laughs> and and to be, Uh-oh, and, this next episode is going to be... Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> It'll be more than an but hour. To, but to hold somebody's attention for that, especially in today's day and age where people are really quick to just... I, you know, I want to consume it as quick as I can and keep on moving mm-hmm. and consume as much as I can. So I think this is really cool. And the platform that you all have created is so, so dope. And it's, you know, people like me are just so thankful to just be... Have, to just have been thought of, you know, to be on something like this. So I really just want to give y'all some praise on continuing with this and not letting the quarantine and the coronavirus hold y'all back. And if Mm -hmm. anything, like strengthen and, and really get y'all to, you know, push through. And I, I love this so much. And I, let me tell you, I do not listen to podcasts, but I was (laughs) listening like, Oh wait, we on the next episode already. Oh shoot. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, and you know the the amount of of podcasts that I've cycled through over the years, and to feel like I've landed on kind of a set grouping is it's weird. It, it, in in the long term, it's weird, but in in kind of the short term, it's it's super fun, and and I guess if anything, podcasts are everlasting. Um, Janice, where can the good people find you on social media? Ah, 
So on Facebook, we're at Broke Energy. Uh, mm-hmm. You just type that in. We're a page. But then on Instagram, it's Broke Energy ENT. And then for the jump off, it's at it's underscore the jump off. And then my personal page is at it's I-T-S Janice, which is G-E-N-I-S-E. Because I know nobody knows how to spell that. But yeah. <laughs> and then are you on Twitter as well or or no? I I am, but... Mm, Thank you. Uh, I hear you. Thank you so much for saying (laughs) that because Twitter is a cesspool. At least Mm -hmm. it is as of late. But Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. so I didn't mean to interrupt your handles, your social handles, but. uh, No, it's okay. I agree. I agree. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, that makes three of us. So thank God. We've talked about this before. Yeah. (laughs) So that's it. I'm, I'm mainly on Instagram. That's where I thrive. Okay. Oh, and YouTube. My page yes. is Janice. Yep. No, I, I found that. I subscribe. Well. Oh, cool. Okay. Excellent. Shugsy, how about yeah. you? <sighs> God, I haven't heard that name in a while. All <laughs> right. <laughs> so the good people can find me uh, not on Twitter as of late. You know, <laughs> just to, as a little aside, I went on Twitter just to read my messages and Five minutes in, I'm like, all right, I, I just hate, I hate the 21st century. It took okay. five the te- minutes the technical- to go through your your DMs. No, 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 not the not the DMs, but you know how like you go on the like, notifications. It, it wasn't the messages that you know made me want to just shuffle off this mortal coil. It uh-huh. was the fact that you know you switch between the feed and the messages and everything. Oh, I might as well check yeah. everything. And it took no less than five minutes to be like the 21st century technological revolution was a mistake (laughs) and its consequences. So, you know, there's that. But the good people can find me on Instagram at (laughs) Dr. Sebi. That's D-R-S-E-B-B-Y. You can also find me on Google uh, through Sebastian Shug. There you'll find a complete itemized collection of all my works. Uh, You can also go to Sebastian Shug Publishing if you'd like to submit a manuscript also, a little sort of side project that I've been doing in tandem with YouTube. Um, I didn't mention this for sake of like, um, it, it's kind of small as of now. Uh, mm. I actually started uploading narrations uh, through YouTube as well. You can find me there at Seabass. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like I said, it's in tandem with something that I've actually been cooking up recently. So. The platform that we use, um, uh, I've decided to also upload my narrations through Anchor as well in order to um, sort of itemize the audio files that have just been <laughs> sitting desolate on my desktop, I guess you could say. So you can find me on YouTube at Seabass, and you can also find me on Anchor at Shugsy Storytime. Ooh, yeah. that's fun. It's nice. just sort of another project that's kind of been in the works. Um, at this point, it's just a matter of what to do with all of my um, old files. Uh, I've also been making stickers on Redbubble as a side side hustle, which is okay. interesting to say the least. Um, it's a lot of comedic satire and lowbrow humor that mm-hmm. it's just itching to get out of my sketchbook. So uh, that's just kind of updated whenever I feel like it. Um, I believe I've talked on long enough. Go ahead, Mancini. (laughs) Uh, So when I'm not reading Upton Sinclair's How I Got Licked, uh, I'm probably on Instagram being very disappointed or laughing too hard at what I see. Uh, That's your transition? (laughs) You can find me at Mancini Ryan on Instagram. And as for Twitter, um, when I'm not further going down a rabbit hole of scum and villainy uh i am jumping around uh at mancini ra before we let you go uh we just would like to thank you so much once again and happily say welcome to mars welcome to mars (laughs) thank you all i love it here it's better than earth isn't it yes (laughs) yes it's a bit cold I'm about to resign <laughs> as your co-host. <laughs> All right, Janice, it's been wonderful. 
So, oh, Thanks. he left the he left the call. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know how this. Do I just hang up? Okay, but no, 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 no thank no, you. No, no. You, you know what? Um, thank you so much, Denise, for everything. It has been a blast, and I think Ryan leaving the call was just the other end of the bit there. So, <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> Sorry about that. I don't know what the hell just happened. Uh, oh, okay. You left. You left at the most perfect time. Ah. <laughs> uh. We were just wishing, uh, well, I was just wishing Janice well, um, and uh, thank you for having on. But that that was perfect. That, that was perfect. It really was. Yes. Uh, we're keeping that in. No, the we good were... thing is, is that it 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 stayed recording. So this yeah, is thankful. No, that was that was the joke. And and I got scared for a second because I thought, oh well, there there goes there goes the episode. Hopefully Sebastian's got it. Um, <laughs> All right, now I'm going to click stop recording. Okay. You've been listening to Mars on Life. Please make sure that you find us over on social media at Mars on Life Show on both Twitter and on Instagram. And on top of that, you can find this show on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Our artwork is done by Zachary Erbrick, and our intro music is Space Explorers by Kevin McLeod. I've been Ryan Mancini, my co-host as always is Sebastian Shug, and just remember, if you keep on going, you'll make it to Mars.